Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Rubble. Now get a Big Mac or Double Cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Some leather-lunged New Yorker. He's cheering for the Panthers, but he's behind me. And he was making all these jokes. He's like, yeah, the Panthers are losing by a hair. I heard these Florida fans are rabid, but this is ridiculous. Anyways, and then security came down. Right from from everybody, because the rabbit's not hurting anybody. I was kind of hoping the rabbit would crap all over the kids. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, it is. Hello, everybody. And I wonder if that guy's going to be there tonight when the Florida Panthers welcome the Columbus Blue Jackets in one of 12 NHL games. It is hour two, and we are live on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and WQEE. And let's uh, bring in Darren Moose Dupont, the co-host, owner of the whole shebang. And as I open up the 902 uh, text line, Darren, for the first time in a while, there's uh, quite a few messages here, some, in fact, for you. So I feel like this hour is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And I don't know where to start other than I, I, it's, we're getting down to crunch time, as they say. Kinsman Telemiracle, the 50-50 online draw, will be making it on Friday. And it would be nice if people bought their tickets ahead of time. Great job by Scott Lamb to come on here earlier and give the pitch. He's the chairperson for the Telemiracle. It's a great Saskatchewan tradition. Maybe I'll say this first before I get into the questions for the fans. Uh, I am excited that, as Darren told me last night, that we are now rated. We're nationally ranked. Hockey podcast in Canada. You understand? That's a very big deal. And people have come with us, come to us with uh, our thoughts on the, their team. So we'll get to that in a second. But Darren, Chris is watching in Surrey, British Columbia, beautiful part of the world. He said, can you ask Moose what I need to trade for a bunny hug like he's wearing? And I know our listeners on radio won't know what a bunny hug is or even what you're wearing. It's a hooded <laughs> sweatshirt. Uh, and do you want to just hold it up in the camera so they can see, Darren, what it is you're wearing? There you go. Yeah. He wants it's to know the, how does he get his hands on one. Yeah. Um, Chris, DM me and let me know uh, what you got, what your offer is. I need an offer in my inbox and then we'll go from there, okay? What did you guys trade before? A Bengals... It was a Bengals Ocho Cinco Ocho jersey, Cinco right? Ocho Cinco jersey, that's right, for an RP show. Hood. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now he wants another one. I thought that one you were wearing was team issue, but whatever. I'll let you two it sort is. it out. Yeah. yeah. Jeff is watching in Redmond, Oregon, and he says, Arash repping Wazoo. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. And I kind of rushed that at the end of hour one, and I shouldn't have. It's been a crappy week. Um, they say it comes in threes, and I'm not joking. Mike Leach, Mississippi State head coach. Um, John Gregory, obviously former Saskatchewan Rough Riders head coach. Iowa Barnstormers head coach. And our dear and loved friend, Mel Pearson, uh, whom you met at the Centennial Cup. Shoot, you were at her house. She had a barbecue. She passed away. I have not, I've talked to the family, but not to the degree of if it was sudden or what. I don't know. Uh, Mel was in her 70s. She's a very special lady. And I will... I gave my thoughts on that on today's commentary. I'll come back around on that. But there is a lot of talk about Mike Leach. And, man, what a whirlwind of a um, time in the world. Like, I said it again. Mike Leach, who helped revolutionize the air raid offense, died following complications from a heart condition. Uh, Mississippi State made the announcement this morning. He was 61. He was in his third full season as head coach at Mississippi State. He fell ill at his home in Starkville, Mississippi, Sunday night. Tweeted at a local hospital before being airlifted to the University of Mississippi 
Medical Center in Jackson, which is about 200K away. And then he died Monday night. I was just, it, funny, I don't know if it's just a football world or a life world thing, but when I was in the Cardinal Gibbons locker room a week ago Sunday, Coach DeBuck has a framed 8 by 10 signature of and photo of Mike Leach on the wall. And a week later, he passes away from heart complications. So condolences to Coach DeBuck and anybody related to Mike uh, Leach. And I don't mean physically related or genetically uh, in that football world. And I'm just trying to get caught up here. Um, reading a couple more text messages, Darren. Chris Tom is watching in Ontario, Heidelberg, Ontario. And he says, keep doing what you're doing, gentlemen. I love that you are different from the cookie cutter sports shows. Love the CHL takes. I wish I could have seen Bedard play live. Well, Bedard didn't pass away. You still got a chance to watch. For years and years and years, you're going to be able to watch Bedard play hockey live. It just won't be probably in the juniors. Um, I'm going to have the chance to go watch Sidney Crosby here in Florida on Thursday night. I believe it's the Penguins that are here on Thursday. But on the CHL takes, Lethbridge Hurricanes forward Tyson LaVenture has been named WHL Player of the Week. The 19-year-old forward from Lloyd Minster recorded seven points and a plus-three rating over his three appearances. The, pro, uh, the Lloyd Minster Alberta product started his week Tuesday by registering two assists as the Canes upended Swift Current 7-2. And Kamloops Blazers goaltender Dylan Ernst has been named WHL Goalie of the Week, the product of Weyburn, Saskatchewan, the hospitality capital. Began his week by turning aside all 17 shots he faced Tuesday as his Blazers blanked the Victoria Royals 3-1. He went 3-0 in the week with a 1.11 GAA. And the sports update is brought to you by Telemiracle 47 and the 50-50 raffle, which is live now online at telemiracle5050.com. I'm sorry to continue to just ramble on and on and on. Uh, A rash came out last hour and threw shade at the Calgary Stampeders. So I feel like Bob Cole, everything is happening today. The CFL schedule's out. My gosh, Darren, it's a tidal wave of news today. Big time. Big time. Let's roll it back for a minute. (coughs) Excuse me. Yes, please do. Please do. And our viewer in Ontario. I'd have to look it up, and maybe you know off the top of your head, or Clark knows, but where's the top prospects game? Because Bedard just got named to the top prospects roster coming up, and if that's out in Ontario, that's an even better chance to go watch Connor Bedard play live while he's a junior. It's not that, not that far to go watch the World Juniors if you want to go. It's a lot better than watching him come out here in Regina and play a lot closer. So you have plenty of opportunity to see Connor, and then... If you want to wait till he's in the NHL, that won't be long either. So there's that. Yeah. Okay. Vancouver, so says producer Clark. Um, I will say this. You know, kudos to the CFL for getting their schedule out before Christmas. I really think they do that. And before, you know, it hasn't always been before Christmas when the Canadian Football League did it. But it's a great way to buy season tickets for the football fan in your life, Darren. Uh, but Oh, and but specifically Langley, BC, says Craig Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame. So there you go. He would know. The schedule worked in the league 20 years full time, not to mention hockey full time for 20 years. I don't get that excited about the schedule. I really don't. I know it's going to be dissected eight ways from Sunday. Shoot, the NFL has parties on ESPN for their schedule release. I don't have a problem with that. I just don't get that excited about it. What I've known for a lifetime in the CFL is we're going to play each team at home once and on the road once from the other divisions and what do you call it? Unbalanced in our own division. Whatever. We're going to have the Bombers here on Labor Day. We're going to have this. It's just, I don't get that excited about it. It's like, tell me where to go and I'll be there. Do you get that excited about this? I, I get that people are. I'm just not. Yeah, no, I I don't. I mean, aside from maybe this, who you're opening the season against, um, what games you have earlier in the year with better weather, how many at home versus the road, but that's it. I mean, it's different. When when you're looking at the NFL schedule, you're excited to see, okay, well, you know what divisions you're going to play against. It's that rotation, right? So it's a little bit of what does our schedule actually look like? In the CFL, the schedule pretty much looks the same every year, right? You're playing the same teams. Yeah, it's a little unbalanced in your division. So there's not really a lot of like, oh my God, this is a big surprise. 
right? There's nothing that's really going to knock your socks off unless for some reason they decided to not have the Labor Day matchups and flip those on you, but that's <laughs> never going to happen. We're not going to do that. But Todd Pinkney writes that and says, there's nothing ever exciting about the CFL schedule. That really is a fact. I mean, you, you could manufacture some fun and have a schedule release party, but nobody ever wants to do that. Like, I remember one time we had a draft party at the Canadian Brew House. I was the voice of the team, and uh, maybe you were there. I, you might have been. And all the guys were up, and their partners were up in the private area. They didn't come down and talk to anybody, any fans. And any fans that tried to get in that private area were told to go sit down and almost threatened with a cattle prod. I'm like, ain't this a lot of fun? So, again, the World Juniors really wasn't much. It was just another hockey tournament until TSN made it the World Juniors. So, yeah, if these CFL teams wanted to have a schedule release party and get the fans, get them together, I think it would be something we might be interested in. But nobody wants to do that. Jeff the Stamps fan says, why the Canadian Football League wouldn't open with Hamilton at Calgary is beyond me. I think he's since realized Bo hasn't signed with Hamilton yet. So that would be rather presumptuous. Um, The rock star of the day on Monday's show, by the way, was the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, Ryan Dinwiddie, the product of Elk Grove, California. I just love that guy. The winner of the poll yesterday, which was day 10 of our jersey bracket, reverse retro, was the Edmonton Oilers. They barely nudged out the Calgary Flames. Whose reverse retro is better? The vote was 52% to 48%. Today, Darren again came up with a jersey matchup, and Clark has the photo. We're pitting the St. Louis Blues against the Nashville Predators. Which of these reverse retros are better? Darren and I both voted for the St. Louis Blues, and I don't even really like the St. Louis Blues jersey, but I just think it's better than Nashville's, which I I guess they're following the path of retro. It's what they wore, I think, their initial several seasons as an expansion team in the 90s. But that hasn't got me running to the jersey, to the souvenir store. The Blues one might. That Blues one kind of looks old school. Um, but I don't have any idea who's winning the poll, Clark, on YouTube. If, and it's one eleven Eastern, by the way. I'm just going to point that out. St. Louis winning sixty six percent of the vote on YouTube, Darren. By the way, just so you know. And as I said, one eleven Eastern. Visualize a positive outcome. St. Louis sixty seven percent on Twitter too. So again, I'm a little surprised how much people have taken to these uh, retro reverse jerseys, but I'm here for the discussion. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Watch, you know, it it is. It's great fun. But you're right. I don't know how many retros that uh, Nashville is selling. The Blues ones are a little bit better, and it sounds like, by all accounts, they're going to win comfortably and move on to round two. Um, You know, we, we call this viewer takeover for a reason. We've said that we would streamline the program down to National Hockey League and Canadian Football League because that is our uh, that is our wheelhouses. I'll answer a couple more and then I'll move. CFL schedule came out today and the hardcores are excited about it. Kevin the Medium says uh, BC versus Calgary is a perfect opening. BC gets a win. LOL. Ted and Red says I'm a little late, but why doesn't the CFL swap the home and home Labor Day series? My initial reaction to that would be tradition but that would be my answer it's been that way for almost 60 years i don't think they should swap it and i would we have questions from nhl fans so i'll get to those right away but what would be your answer to why they don't swap back and forth i don't think they should yeah i don't think they no i don't think they should swap it but you'd have to get both teams on board to swap it both organizations from the top down and and be okay this year we're going to swap it as a one-off and that might get people excited i'm not really sure but um no unless unless there was a real reason to do it um this is a tradition and everybody knows it okay david's watching on game plus tv in winnipeg manitoba he writes in he says winnipeg jets fan here it seems like every time i am ready to go all in on the jets they play a stinker of a game like they did against Columbus and now Washington. 
What are your thoughts? Can I trust this team? Number one, you don't have a choice, David, and you know that. You have to cheer for them no matter what. Uh, Number two, we addressed this all of yesterday with Sean Reynolds. Uh, I don't know if you're a Twitter guy, but go back to our Twitter accounts. Rod Peterson Show, Rod Peterson specifically. We addressed this. What was it, Darren? Will the real Winnipeg Jets please stand up? So again, David, I, I know maybe you can't watch every day, but we did address this Monday. The hockey people are saying the Jets aren't them yet. And I would be of the benefit I would be on that side saying they're not that team yet. You can't break all those bad habits in a couple of months. I don't think so. You're saying two of their last three games have been stinkers, and they have. And the coach has lost his mind. Rick Bonus. So, but Sean Reynolds says, well, anybody who doesn't think this team's all that hasn't watched them every game. Nobody's arguing that the Jets aren't a talented team. We all know that. And for the most, like they're leading the Central Division for the love of God, which who thought that was going to be the toughest division in the National Hockey League? Colorado's not even in a top three spot. If you've looked recently, it's Winnipeg, Dallas, and Minnesota. So, you don't have a choice. You got to cheer for the Winnipeg Jets. I want to believe they're that team, but you know, what did Reynolds say? They were embarrassed last year, humiliated that they missed the playoffs, led to a coaching change. And I see how Jets fans are uh, hesitant <laughs> to open their hearts to the hockey team, but you don't really have a choice. I'm not on the bandwagon, okay? You ask me my thoughts, but if you live in Winnipeg and you're a Jets fan, you have to be. So just enjoy the hockey. At least they're not like the Flames who have been sucking it on this road trip, losing in Columbus, losing in Toronto, losing in Calgary. Loser points aren't going to get you into the playoffs. But that's a team that's been really not completely overhauled, but at least 25% overhauled. I'd be way more worried if I was a Flames fan than a Winnipeg Jets fan. We'll be right back because the water fans are chiming in too. It's the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus TV. YouTube and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. All right. Roving studio, as you know. Beautiful day here in South Florida. Let's just slow things down a little bit. The Moose rejoins us in the chilly NHL Bermuda Triangle. And Darren, I'm running my tongue through my teeth because I was a little hungry. I had to pound a couple cereal bars there in the commercial break did you have breakfast what do you what do you are you a breakfast guy i'm not a breakfast guy i'm a, I'm a coffee and water in the morning guy but afterwards i got some g2g bars in the fridge so that'll be a post-show snack you've been around me long enough i'm not a breakfast guy but the thing is it's 121 p.m where i am and i hadn't really eaten a thing all day, other than you see me saw me pounding a strawberry frosted from Dunkin' Donuts earlier on our morning Zoom call. But uh, so, yeah, <laughs> getting the growlies. Anyways, John Ohm, Ohm watching in Winnipeg regarding the Jets. 
says the Winnipeg Jets off to the best start in franchise history. Um, yeah, that's cool. That will go in the record books, but it doesn't matter the sport. You can compare the concepts of any sport and for that matter, business too, but let's just stick to sports. Uh, They say it's not how you start. It's how you finish. You've heard that for years, right? Darren, the championship coaches will tell you it's how you start. It's how you play in the middle and it's how you finish. And we lost the moose again. What's going on there? Is he getting phone calls or what? T. Will writes in. What's going on? How come your screen keeps going black? Yeah, something keeps cutting me off here. And I think it's a phone call coming in. But they know I'm on the air. Can we fix that? Can we fix that? Because we're doing a television show on national television. Can we get that fixed? Yeah, hopefully we do have it fixed. Okay. From T. Will writes in and says, I'm done going up and down with every win and loss. The Jets are good, period. That's kind of the thing. I mean, I get what he's saying, Darren. And what's new, and I think we've got a grip on this since we've gone to Game Plus Television and now WQEE is we're airing in a lot of markets. And I see the ups and downs people go through with their teams, and it's a lot. It is a heck of a lot. Like, do you do that? Your team is the Leafs. Uh, Northside YEG writes in. That's the name of the account on YouTube. Says, are the Oilers better than the Kings and the Seattle Kraken? Over seven-game series with Stuart Skinner and Natty Evander Kane back in the lineup? Like, pause on that. Oilers fans up and down. Flames fans up and down. Jets fans. Dolphins fans. Atlanta Falcons fans. It's like, guys, you need to chill, man. I'm not here for it for every single team. You got to kind of got to be like Florida Panthers fans. They uh, put on a jacket to come into the rink, watch the Panthers win or lose. Oh, well, we're going to the beach, dude. Sick. You got to kind of be like that, I think. You have to. And you have to understand it's yeah. two, bad, two bad games. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Show me a team in the history of hockey that doesn't have a stinker. Show me a team in the history of sports, really, that doesn't put up a stinker once or twice during the year. It happens. You know, if this, if this goes on 10 games and you fall out of the playoffs, be concerned. But it's a little blip. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You just hope your ups are higher than, than how low your downs are. And right now, for Winnipeg, that's been the case. You know, they're, they're riding up here, right? So be patient. We are coming around to a point today. <laughs> how did this happen? I'm serious. The point is coaching. Mm -hmm. It's all about coaching. And I think about this all the time. He brings up the question, are the orders better than the Kings and the Kraken? Look at their rosters, brother. But I went to the Seattle game the other night. Martin Jones is playing like Vladislav Trechak right now. Martin Jones, who the hell's Martin Jones? And. Matty Beneers scored a minute into the game, and the Panthers weren't ready to, to go. Matty Beneers, I'm watching him go, this guy's playing like it looks like Mark Messier. What the hell's going on? Panthers got their head up their ass. And Alexander Barkov comes out and says, I, I shouldn't say this. The headline says, Alexander Barkov says, Panthers' sluggish start is inexcusable. I'm like, in this game or this season? Which one? So the Oilers went to the Final Four last year. They're that good. They're that team. And who took them there? Jay Woodcroft. Now, I'm not saying that Paul Maurice is doing a poor job. I'm not. I'm not. I like Paul Mole. He's a great guy. And they're still trying to figure each other out. But, Darren, at what point do the Flames fans and the Panthers fans and whatever fans say, figure it out? Because Christmas is coming. I mean, we, we, I love the U.S. Thanksgiving, Mark. I, I get it. I think that's cool. But at some point, it's like, get your act together, you guys. The, the, the Kraken have it together. They're in a playoff spot. They're a bunch of nobodies. I'm sorry. Dave Hoxall for Coach of the Year. I was actually thinking that when I was walking out of the rink the other night. Sorry, that's my rant. You? Yeah, I mean, 
I'd be frustrated if I was a Florida Panther fan. I really would be. I mean, this team won a President's Trophy, had a hard-fought playoff series. Yeah, they lost. But this is a team that's trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. And you thought making a move to bring in Matthew Kachuk might make your team better and help you get back there. And it hasn't. You know, there's only so long we can say, well, they need time to gel in that new locker room with a new coach and set the new culture. Time is ticking away, and eventually you've had enough time. You know, I can't tell you that it takes three weeks or six weeks or eight weeks or 12, but at some point, you know, this team not being in a playoff spot is who the Florida Panthers are going to be, a a non-playoff team, unless they turn this around quickly and start showing some signs of life. Yeah, and that's just Florida. Um yeah. From the bar flies, he writes that he says, like the Panthers fans in the empty seats. Um, you should hang around with me sometime, viewers, and and see how I roll. Darren has. I think he likes it. The Panthers aren't drawing much less than the Winnipeg Jets. I There's a guy, like Darren. It. He's an usher. I've gotten to be friends with all of them. Okay? And I was talking to a guy the other night. I don't want to single anybody out. I just asked him where he lives and how far is his drive, what's his deal, how long has he worked there. He was day one in the building guy of that arena where the Panthers play. You get it. You've, you've seen how I do it. We've become friends. And I said, what, what are we going to have for a crowd here tonight? This was the Detroit game. And he's like, hang on, let's have a look. Pulls out a piece of paper. He goes, we got 13,500 out tonight as of 2 o'clock this afternoon. 13,500, that ain't bad. What's the rink in Winnipeg hold, 15? So what are you banging your gums about, Mr. Barflies? Seattle game was very well-attended game. So I can see why these teams get tired of being banged on, like the Argos with their attendance, the Panthers with their attendance. (laughs) Freaking Coyotes have moved into a 5,000-seat rink, and they can't even fill that. Where was I? I'm just saying you can sit and say what you want about the Panthers fans in attendance, but you're wrong. Kirk Berseth on YouTube says, a lot more talk has picked up about Eric Carlson going to Edmonton. No idea how you would try and fit that salary and which players would go the other way. Have you heard that? Has that been on the insiders on TSN? Because Eric Carlson to anywhere, let alone Edmonton, is the first I heard of that. Yeah, I've seen the name pop up. I've seen Eric Carlson's name pop up. Not too extreme or, or, or too much of it, but I've seen his name pop up that, you know, people are starting to ask and they're starting to explore what that might look like with Eric Carlson. And, you know, can he still be a high-end impact player? And I think he, he can. He's, he's still a name, even though he's in San Jose and we haven't heard his name all that often. Might be a great fit in Edmonton. I don't know. Well, as somebody... Is he not leading the Sharks in scoring? I think I saw that stat the other day. I'm not joking. So if San Jose is smart, and we'll find out, this would be the first big move by Mike Greer, wouldn't it? Their general manager, who incidentally, his brother's the general manager of the Miami Dolphins. How proud is that family? But that's a story for another time. Uh, Jeff the Stamps fan says, Magnum P.I. in the house. Yeah, I woke up today and chose color on the rp show love these shirts scales is the manufacturer look it up you can get them at dick's sporting good um from jeff gordon viewer says the orders need defensive mentality not a defense man last night they looked lost out there numerous times for the most part every team does unless you're vegas tampa the upper echelons. Other teams are still really trying to figure it out. And for those that weren't watching way back at the start, I was waiting for a night like last night, which was Revenge of the Goalies. If I was running NHL Network or Sports Center, that would be my marquee. Monday night belonged to the goalies. In Montreal, Jacob Markstrom and Jake Allen were the first and second star. In St. Louis, Jordan Bennington put up a 25-save shutty, and the Blues beat Nashville one nothing. How do you feel, Darren, walking out of a rink of a one nothing game? Ha- Imagine if that was the teddy bear toss night, by the way. 
I know. When we've gone we've gone over that, by the way. I've had that happen where the home team gets shut out. It's actually funny. We were so bad with the Pats. The fans just walked down to the glass at the end of the game and tossed. Here you go, you losers. I don't mind a one nothing game, do you? No, I don't, especially if there's lots of chances and big saves and the goaltenders are stealing the show. I like that. I think that's great. Um, you know, I if it's two defensive teams that are putting up 12, 13 shots each, that's that's not as fun. But when the goaltenders stand on their heads, that's a lot of fun. You know, and, and there's chances at both ends of the ice. I like that a lot. Chris Jarl in Vancouver says, a lot of Bo Horvat trade rumors in Vancouver today. Where could he go? I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the Canucks think they're actually going to make the playoffs. That's how delusional they are. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm, I don't want this to be the rumors show. I mean, all that talk about JT Miller last year, remember at the deadline, and he didn't go anywhere. And he didn't end up, you know, he ended up re-signing with Vancouver. And how's that worked out for everybody? He's, <laughs> he's on the TV every day apologizing for how crappy they are. JT Miller. So uh, mm-hmm. we're not the rumor no. show. L- leave that to TSN. Northside YEG writes in regarding my take on the orders, and he said, true enough, I feel like the orders with the Vander Kane are one of the best teams in the West. They are. But we're at a point now, and this is the closest I've ever followed the National Hockey League since I was 12. And by the way, Ron Dugay coming up next. But I feel like you can tell which games are good games and which are bad games. Like last night, Ottawa-Anaheim, I'm like, meh. You might as well be playing it the first week of April. Or, no, first week of March. They're not going to be in the playoffs. We already know. It's not even Christmas yet. Whereas you look at a game like tonight, uh, what would be a good one? Vegas-Winnipeg tonight. That's going to be a humdinger. We're going to find out where the bear went in the woods there. Uh... Dallas at New Jersey tonight. Hang on, hang on. We're going to break. We'll talk about tonight's games in the NHL. And the dub, too, for overtime. Moose, see you after Ron Dugay. Later. All right. It is the RP Show. And we're coming at you live on Game Plus Television across all 10 Canadian provinces and 31 U.S. states. Live streaming on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, and on the radio, the key, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Talking hockey on a Tuesday in the daytime. What could be better? 12 games tonight in the National Hockey League, as we mentioned. Monday night, Philip Cheadle scored 215 into overtime, and the New York Rangers rallied to beat New Jersey 4-3, snapping the Devils' 11-game road win streak. And joining us to talk about it is Rangers great Ron Dugay. I never know where he is. I'm hoping he's in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, and at home. How you doing, Dukes? What's up, brother? Well, I'm doing well, and yes, I am in Florida, uh, near St. Augustine, Ponte Vedra Beach. I'm just north of you. I'm assuming you're still in Florida? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I moved. People were getting jealous and mad at the palm tree, so I just swung it away. Yeah, I'm still outside. I got the Florida flag behind me, but I'm down here. Uh, that is a fact. Ron, boy, did NHL Network blow up that Devils-Rangers meeting last night. I just want to talk about that. It's always special when those two teams get together, isn't it? Well, it's gotten more special because in the last couple of years, the Devils had fallen off. And it was, um, well, they're always competitive. And it's just that this year, all of a sudden, they've come together. I like the coaching. I like Lindy Ruff. And uh, even for, for the Rangers, Gerard Gallant, who's done a wonderful job. So for, for New Jersey, I think they had struggled a little bit in the last couple of years because they had the injuries. But the, the core of the team is back. And when you look at the type of team that they have, uh, it's, uh, it, it's speed and agility and ability. And so they play at a fast pace. Lindy Ruff allows his team to be uh, skilled, athletic, and not so confined to playing such defensive hockey. And it's the same goes with the Rangers. So it's two teams that uh, I really enjoy watching them play right now. 
Well, I got it. So it went to overtime, as I mentioned. It was Cheadle that scored the winner. Rangers prevailed 4-3, but the Devils are quite a ways up on them in the standings. Who, in your mind, bias aside, is the better team, Ron? Uh, well, if if the playoffs would start tomorrow, uh, advantage goes to New Jersey. I mean, the Rangers still trying to figure themselves out because they're a different team right now. When you look at the team that went to the conference finals, there's probably, I think it's four or five players that are not there. And so they're still having to adjust. Um, and they're still trying to figure out their top six. And so the Rangers are still not ready to compete against the devils. The devils, you can just tell, um, they're playing with a lot of confidence. You, you get out of the gate and you start winning games. They're playing with confidence. So they're playing with confidence. So if it was today, the playoffs started, it would be the devils, but I got to believe that with the Rangers uh, experience and their goaltending, that it would probably uh, be an even match going into the playoffs. Let's say come April. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful question, obviously. And, uh, that playoff experience, you'd know, does count for a lot. Like, I haven't seen, maybe you know who is the youngest team or younger in the NHL or between those two clubs. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but that conference final loss last year will serve the Rangers well down the road, right? I mean, as as you know, I'm sure it hurt at the time, but you don't forget those star, those scars. Well, it's not that you're bitter. Uh, you enjoy going that far in the playoffs. It's an enjoyment, especially when you have the fans that are behind you. You're playing in New York City. Uh, there's a lot of fun behind that. So you want to go back to that fun time because regular season is regular season. But when you get into the playoffs, you start winning. It's a complete different atmosphere. And so the ones who benefit the most, it's not so much the older players on the team. It's your younger players and guys like Lafaniere, Hedl. Uh, Kako, those guys, I think they they perform well. You can tell that they they didn't buckle buckle under the pressure. They they uh, they proved to be guys that that's why they kept those guys going into this year because they had to make some choices. What do we do moving forward? So I, I think that yes, playoff hockey has helped the younger players. Now they have a feel for it. They have a, a taste of what it's like to be in a game six, what it's like to be in a game five, what it's like to be behind going into third period. What do you need to do? How important is it to play good defense, playing without the puck, uh, and just playing as a team? So there's a lot of elements to playoff hockey that's different. The reason I'm smiling so much is that I'm glad we got you on is now that I think about it, the Rangers had like 11 players, 22 or younger last year. I'm sitting here talking like they're the 94 Rangers. They're still kids, too. I just had the devils crammed down my throat all year. I forgot that the Rangers are pretty young, too. Yes, and that's why when you look at, uh, if you go back to the playoffs last year, they, they struggled at the beginning. You can tell they struggled because the, the, the game is played differently. Because the opponent team will dissect everything on you. You can tell their playmaking was off. Their goaltender kept them through. And, of course, Crosby gets hurt. I think Pittsburgh would have beaten them if Crosby doesn't get hurt. Doesn't get hurt. But the, it was an adjustment for all of them. But, yeah, a young team. And I like the, uh, the, uh, the, the players that Drury brought in the trade deadline that make a difference also. Having that right balance was, uh, it was just a really good learning for the, for the younger players. And I think going into this year will make a difference. Well, let me ask you this. How much of a different team is it roster-wise than the one that David Quinn coached? Like my, my, my point is coaching and how much it matters. What, the, the difference is obvious how far the Rangers have gone in the playoffs, but uh, it can't be understated. Well, if you're talking coaching, uh, I thought that Quinn had done a pretty good job. And because from what I can tell, the players were allowed to be creative with the puck. It's just what I was hearing later on, neutral zone checking, that he really uh, put a lot of pressure on them to uh, uh, be more robotic when they were defending. And so you hear players like Ryan Strom, who commented afterwards after uh, they, uh, they made some changes with Quinn, that they felt like he felt like he just couldn't be himself. He felt under pressure. And, and so that's not a good thing when it comes for the coaching. But I like parts of what he did, allowed his player to control the puck, make a lot of give and goes, uh, be creative in the offensive zone. But after that, I think he put too much pressure on them to be um, uh, too much X and O. When the play's th this way, you have to play a certain way. I think he just kind of uh, tied their hands a little bit too much to not allow them to be as free as they needed to be. Now, of course, for Quinn, 
you know, that was all new to him playing the NHL, you know, playing, uh, coaching a college player, coaching an NHL player is complete different monster. And so I think some of the players felt like they weren't as free to play their game. I think the only player that was free to do what he wanted to do was Panarin. Panarin kind of did whatever he wants to do. And, uh, but that not necessarily a good thing come the playoffs. So I think that was the difference with Quinn. Otherwise I kind of liked, I liked Quinn, what he did with the Rangers. I'm not sure I ever asked you this, but I will now. Um, who was your best coach you ever had? Uh, I well, I would say there was three of them. One of them was uh, Nick Polano in Detroit when I was there with Stevie Eiserman. Um, lo- some of the players, some of the older players, didn't care for him, but I liked him because he kept the game very simple. For him, if he can go three lines, he would play three lines. He would play his best players. I got a ton of ice time. And he was one of the first guys back in the mid-80s where you know how they, they decided they wanted to do um, – they didn't want to give players days off. He started to give us days off because it made sense to him. You're tired. you got to take days off. He wasn't big on uh, skate, game of the day skate. So for those reasons, I like Nick Polano. For me, when I went to New York, I was just kind of – I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. But if I'm back up to New York, Herb Brooks – I really like Herb Brooks. Although he traded me away, I really like Herb Brooks because of the type of game that he brought in, which was the Olympic size game, which is a puck control, cycle back, don't always kind of stay in motion. That brought the best out of me because I wasn't going to be just a North and South guy. And he gave me Mark Pavlich. And so, and I always felt like we were very prepared before any game with Herb Brooks. Now, the third guy I would have to mention was Robbie Fitzor. So by the time we got to L.A., now playing defense was more talked about. And so Robbie was really good at teaching how to play better man-on-man defensively. And uh, so I I was – because I'm always – I was a forward that was always cheating. I was always wanting to leave the zone. And so he kind of taught me how to play better defensive hockey. So those are probably my three favorite coaches. Yeah, wonderful answer right off the top of your head, too. Good job, Dukes. Hey. Yeah. Last question. We're running out of time, but John Ohm, Ohm in Winnipeg writes in and he says, crazy non-hockey question for you, Ron. Have you ever met John Candy? And if so, any stories? Well, I wish you would have asked me this before because I would have showed you a picture of John <laughs> and I. <laughs> Next time. What do you got? What do you got? Yeah, well, uh, you know when I'm playing in L.A. and Gretzky shows up. Well, who else shows up when Gretzky shows up to town? All the celebrities. And so kind of after games, our room was kind of open. You know, back then you could just walk into our dressing room. Of course, you have to be a celebrity. But I can remember John Candy. Um, and, and what's funny also, our dressing room wasn't very big. So you'd have a shower. You come back in the room and you got just a towel on, right? The next thing you know, you never know who's going to be in your room. And uh, I'll never forget John Candy. There he was, a monster of a man. I mean, you don't realize how big this guy is. He's maybe 6'3", 6'4", probably around 300 pounds at the time, and had that big, jolly smile on him. And it was a game where I just finished winning, and uh, and so I remember walking. I had to walk up to him and talk to him, but he's, he was just the very same, same as you see him in movies, just a happy guy, Canadian, loves hockey. And But it wasn't much more than that. I just got to chat with him a little bit, took a picture with him. and uh, But I met a lot of... Very, a lot of celebrities in the dressing room. I remember meeting uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sly came in, and uh, he was he was actually in the back room with the coach. He just finished talking to Robbie Fatork, and I had just finished coming out of the shower again. You just have a little towel. Here I run into Sly. I have no idea he's there. And he comes over. He introduces himself. And I think it was at a time where I was struggling a little bit. And he said the nicest thing to me, and it was kind of goes to who he is and his character. He says, Ron, I got to tell you, I really appreciate how hard you work. And it was like, wow, like, you know, Gretz is scoring all these goals and I'm playing more of a defensive role. But he said to me, I appreciate how hard you work. And that to this day, I'll never forget that. I love it. I'm watching Tulsa King now. Are you watching it? Tulsa King that he's starring in on Paramount Plus? Uh, no, I have not, and that's next for me. Okay. Good. Okay. Is he as <laughs> unbelievable, man? I put it right up there with Yellowstone. Is he as short as they say, Sly? I've read he's well, like 5'7". Well, he's, well, he's always wearing high heels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I would okay. say he's probably. I would say he's probably is five seven. No, he's taller than five seven. I think he's five nine, five ten. Yeah. Okay, put but, it on uh, your list. Just yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been watching Yellowstone. Oh, I so love Yellowstone. And the, the reason I, I love Yellowstone, not just because of the show, but Kevin Costner, he's another guy that I spent some time talking with him in the dressing room. And not that he's a big hockey fan, but um, he, they would just love to come and just meet Gretz. So. Next time we'll tell all those stories. Merry Christmas, Dukes. Yeah. I appreciate the time as always. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. You also. Bye now. Rangers great Ron Dugay. We'll be right back with overtime after this. You are watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. All right, here we are at the always fun studio. The overtime segment's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League. Let's bring in the Moose, Darren Moose DuPont. I'm sure you didn't mind. We went a little long with Ron Dugay. Uh, thoughts on that entertaining segment we just got through, Moose? <laughs> uh, no thoughts. Ron's always the greatest. I just love when you two get to connect on the show, and I know our viewers do too. So, you know what? You can go as long as you want with Ron Dugay. I don't care. Ah, just big fan, big fan. So glad that we got him into the RP show family. And those John Candy uh, mentions, Allie's watching in Texarkana. She says, planes, trains, and automobiles. You're going the wrong way. I still think about that. <laughs> I still think about that. Not just that scene in the movie, but that echoes in my head. Um, Ryan O'Radio from WQEE writes in and says, another great show. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you. Appreciate you carrying us down there in Metro Atlanta, Noonan, Georgia, on 99.1 FM. It's just so darn fun. You always know when this is a busy show. Like, can you, is this coming across? All these notes from the show today, Darren, we had a lot of fun stuff. What did we learn today? A um, couple things. We learned that it is awesome when goalies steal the show once in a while in the National Hockey League. Maybe not all the time, but when they steal the show, that's <laughs> great. And we learned not to panic if you're the Winnipeg Jets fans. Two losses are what they are. No matter how bad they are, don't panic yet if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I've made a few laps around the sun, not as many as some of our viewers, but more than a lot of our viewers and our staff. And um, I just, I am not going to get into the daily up and down like a toilet seat of Oilers fans, Riders fans, Dolphins fans, Devils fans. I'm just not getting into it. If you want to sit and riddle yourselves and rack yourself with anxiety, go ahead. I'm not going to. Because it's too much on you. Get a hobby. Watch the games and go for a walk. But I'm not getting into it. Um, from Kevin, the medium, he says, what an awesome interview. Dugay is always great. He is so cool. Uh, John Ohm. Ohm. Love this show. Can't stop smiling. Best two hours in the day. That's the point. It's worrying about your team. Here's a, here's a saying we have in the recovery business. Worrying is like rocking in a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, doesn't get you anywhere. How about that? Have you heard that one right. before? You've yeah, um, I did. I have heard that one, and it's pretty good. And it makes so much sense. I've used it before because it's true. You can sit there and worry, and all of a sudden the day's gone by, and you've done nothing except worry. <laughs> so it doesn't get you anywhere. You... Yeah, you're very good at not that. I don't think you have an anxious bone in your body. John Kirby in Edmonton says, we need a third hour of the RP show. I don't think so. It's the Seinfeld thing. Leave him wanting more. From Phil, from Phil, 3223, he says, good day, good day. Love the show, love the tree, DuPont, and love the <laughs> stories on the Polka King, John Candy. I was at that... Al Broderick writes in and says, always good quality audio on your show, Rod. Uh, thank, 
I think, Darren, for that, Moose, take the credit. Even if it's not yours, take it. These are very expensive <laughs> microphones. When the broadcast, when the broad, last minute of play in the RP show, when the broadcast nerds, like, get aroused when they see our equipment, because I don't know, I guess that's a good thing, you know? So, Darren, good work on that. Um, Ah, it blew my mind. I shouldn't have read it. Well, this compliment, so I'm glad that I read them. I can't remember what I was going to say. What are we going to talk about tomorrow? Well, we, the CFL schedule came out. It caught us off guard in the middle of the show. I think they should have had release parties and uh, made a, make a bigger deal out of it. Certainly the NFL does, but I think that might be asking for too much. So um, we're saving football for Fridays. Am I going to sit here and dissect the CFL schedule in the middle of the show, especially when I didn't know it was coming out? So if you can wait till Friday, we'll do it then. Moose, thank you. Um, Stay safe, stay warm. All right, everybody. Thank you. We will see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, here on Game Plus and the KWQEE. McFly, hello. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.